Hey everybody, this is Dr. William Clark here from drwilliampclark.com. Uh, glad to be with you all. We're going to be talking about collaborating with proposal partners, and this is a very common practice uh, when you're pursuing revenue uh, through grants or proposals, contracts, RFPs, scopes of works, etc. And you see this practice done specifically so that two organizations are pursuing funding together uh, as opposed to doing it alone. So what we're going to be covering is what you should be thinking about when collaborating with other proposal partners and what are some of the things that you should consider when establishing this type of relationship. And if you haven't done this before, uh, this is designed to kind of help you think about this intentionally and strategically. And if you've already been doing this, this is really to affirm what you've already been practicing and to encourage you to keep going with this practice because we are stronger together and we are stronger because of our relationships. So always be prepared. And the other thing I want to share before we jump into uh, this particular content is to think about the fact that you should not be developing and pursuing these partnerships uh, when an opportunity is on the table. This should be something you're always doing. You should always be prepared to pursue relationships. This should be happening nonstop, continuously, and this should be a part of your daily regimen as leading your organization or leading the procurement process for your organization as you think about revenue opportunities. This is a, a 365-day-a-year job, and partnerships is a part of what we do. So there are five things I want to share with you um, for you to consider when collaborating with proposal partners. Number one, identify organizations that is in the same business as yours. And so we're talking about organizations that are competitors. These are organizations who are competing for similar dollars, who are serving similar customers, who are serving similar communities. These are the folks that you see every time you submit a proposal. The, they show up at every uh, bidders conference. They are at every similar event. They are courting the same funders and the same partners. In fact, they are marketing uh, in favor of their program as opposed of as opposed to your program. And so, this is really, uh, really intentional, right? You want to understand who are your competitors as you identify who to work with. And there's a reason for this. And we'll come back to this in a moment. The other group of people you want to consider uh, pursuing as a potential proposal partner are friends. So these are friendly uh, organizations. They don't compete against you, but they uh, support you. They are engaged in what you do. They love what you do. Uh, in some cases, they may be part of competitors, but they uh, may also be folks who are not directly competing against you because they do something completely different, but their work uh, requires them, calls them to serve the same customer that you are serving. So these friendly organizations, definitely you want to have them on your list. And the last group you want to think about when you are identifying organizations that are in the same business as you are fringe players. So these are folks who kind of touch along the edges of what you do. They're, they're not necessarily super focused on any of the categories you care about, whether it's the customer, whether it's the funding source, whether it's the community. But by nature of their specific book of business and what they are engaged in, they somehow, some way uh, touch uh, in a light way, your customers, or they somehow, some way engage just a little bit with your funders, but maybe for a different purpose. 
or they serve the community you're targeting, not directly for the same reasons, or maybe it's just just a, a, a little, a little uh, touch here. The fringe um, really is 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 not direct, right? But these people, these organizations, can be super powerful in helping you identify uh, how to move forward in uh, a potential relationship when pursuing a proposal partnership. So as you begin to identify the categories of folks that you want to potentially uh, engage for a proposal partnership, the next phase is to conduct an analysis of what these organizations do well uh, in this space or the space where you guys overlap directly or indirectly or just a little bit for the fringe players. You can do several things to conduct your analysis. Uh, first, you can do a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone from the organization. I'm a big proponent, a big fan of this, uh, where you schedule a coffee meetup or lunch meetup um, with someone that has direct knowledge of the organization, who works for the organization. Perhaps it's a, a, um, a colleague who is uh, similar in position. So if you're a development director uh, listening to this or reading this, uh, you might want to speak with your counterpart at that other organization. Perhaps you're a senior leader or C-suite leader. You might want to meet with your counterpart at that, at that other organization. The intention is to have that conversation one-on-one -on -one in person. Uh, most people are meeting virtually more and more. Um, but however you do it, whether it's a virtual meetup or, a in, or an in-person meetup, you want to find a way to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this person to kind of get a sense of what they're doing. Uh, they will likely not spill all the tea. That's not necessarily what you want. Uh, but you want to walk away with an understanding of what they are engaged in and how well they do it and how they do it from a general sense. Another way to conduct your analysis uh, is to do a website research. And so this can be a powerful tool. Uh, more and more websites are not necessarily used uh, to draw folks in as a funnel. And it may be different for the, you know certain groups, uh, but generally speaking, websites are designed to be marketing tools or placeholder tools to communicate a static message. And as a result of that being the case, because there are static messages being communicated uh, by organizations, they will use their website to post static resources or static attachments or static uh, pieces of information that can be super helpful in helping you understand what the organization does. So this may include program descriptions. This may include stats and results of their work. This may include announcements of who is funding them. This may include reports of all types, whether it's their annual report or maybe it's uh, another type of report that shares or sheds insight into what they are engaged in and what they have going on. So you want to look at their website and study it as much as possible. You might be surprised also uh, some of the live links that will be uh, on their website that connects that particular organization to another organization which you know may or may not give information or clues about what this organization is doing and how they're doing it and how well they're doing it. Some of their relationships and who they're tied to may be linked to that website. 
some national funders may be linked to that website. Uh, other groups that they are part of, collaborative groups that they are part of may be linked to that website. All of that information can be insightful in helping you understand and analyze uh, what this other organization does. Now, there's a couple of other, there are a couple of other things you can do to conduct analysis of this organization to see what they do in this space. Another strategy could be to research their 990s and study their 990s over the last three years or so, right? So the 990s can give a financial snapshot into the organization. They have to report this information. So you can look at their revenue and their expenses. You can look at uh, the salaries for their top leadership team team members, you can identify board members, you can uh, look at who their funding sources are or where they are supporting other organizations financially as well. You can look at their assets and other pieces of financial related in, uh, information that can give you deep insight into this organization because as you determine who you want to do business with, part of the analysis is what can they bring to the table on top of the fact that they are financially uh, solid, right? So you want to have this information in place. You want to know this information and you want to evaluate this information. Another strategy to do your analysis of these organizations is to call, uh, to attend uh, collaborative meetings uh, where these organizations are active. So there may be uh, a collaborative meeting on a monthly basis for youth serving organizations or organizations serving justice involved individuals. Uh, there may be housing related collaborative tables and these collaborative meetings typically are not marketed because they are specifically for providers who are doing the work in a particular space. So those meetings are convened by maybe a major funder or an influential entity in this space, and those messages go out. And as you hear about them, uh, you hear about them through word of mouth. Uh, maybe you hear about them from uh, one particular meeting or just some random source. It's not necessarily consolidated. So you're going to have to dig a little deep here to find out where the collaborative meetings are. But if you are not a part of those collaborative meetings and you find your way in them, one of the best ways to conduct an analysis of an organization is to to attend those meetings and watch that organization function in those meetings. Who, who do they send to those meetings on a regular basis? How does that person or how do those persons engage? How active are they? D uh, does the room, d do the other organizations uh, defer to their knowledge? Do they engage? Do they offer insight, information, intelligence, perspective about the marketplace, the customer, the industry, uh, the revenue, and other components that's moving and influencing the market? You want to understand how they're functioning in the community of practice. Also, you want to see how other organizations treat them. Are they welcomed? Are they embraced? Are they respected? Or is there an alternative uh, treatment to that organization that causes you to have questions about that uh, organization? The last thing you can do to conduct an analysis is to ask others, right? So there may be people that know that organization very well, and you want to reach out to them. You want to engage them. So you want to ask others. You want to ask funders. You want to ask partners. You want to ask members of the community, etc., about this organization. This, these questions should not be designed to create tension or to highlight uh, any criticisms or faults about this other organization. This is all about you gathering information. What are people saying? Uh, what do they do well? Uh, what are some of the challenges that they are, are navigating through? 
Are they a great partner? Um, do you think they should be someone we should pursue to work with on a special uh, project or so? And these are just generic questions that you can ask that I believe uh, funders and partners and members of the community will answer for you truthfully. And this will help you kind of shape uh, the framework of your understanding of these organizations. So we're talking about collaborating, collaborating with proposal partners. How do you pursue them? How do you develop them for the uh, benefit of your organization? Here's the third component that we want to highlight when select, selecting who to work with uh, on a proposal. Uh, number three here, you want to assess if working with the other organization will be a fit, right? You want to know if this is going to be a fit for you and for your organization. Now, there are a couple of things I want to highlight here when you're determining fit. Uh, you want to determine, do they fill a gap that you have? So you may know that there is a weakness in your organization. There's a weakness in your proposal. There's a weakness in your operation, but you you have visions for uh, going to a different phase of growth and development for the organization. So does this organization fill gaps for you? Do they help fill in those areas of limitations and struggles that you currently have? Next, here's another question you want to uh, ask yourself. Do they strengthen what you do well? Maybe they buffer what you do well and they add a greater punch to what you do well. Many organizations that I've seen tend to uh, try to run from this where they don't want to work with organizations that do what they do. So they want to stand out. They want to be different. They want to be the lone wolf that does X. And I think that's helpful. And I think that, you know, it has some strategic value. But there's also strategic value in working with organizations who do what you do. And you guys, you both organizations do it well. And you bring it all together. And you decide to bring a one-two punch to the work. This can be super powerful in so many ways. So, for example, this can be powerful in advancing the work within a particular industry. This can be powerful powerful in creating an innovative uh, approach to solving a particular problem. This can be uh, powerful in strengthening how the industry thinks about the work and having two organizations or more who are doing great things and doing it well together can be super influential. Next up, uh, you might want to ask yourself, do they have the funding and other resources um, to do the work and to advance the work? So we talked a little bit about this um, when we talked about looking at their 990s. So we're talking about not only funding and money and savings, but do they have other relationships, other staff members? Do they have networks? Do they have other resources that can be super powerful? Maybe they have a very strong IT department where they use a, a, a number of apps and resources and tech tools that you just don't use for whatever reason, right? You may have a great reason, but this other organization may have those tools in place. Those are powerful resources. Maybe uh, they have an HR department that is twice the size of yours, and maybe they can handle a lot more the hiring because of the double of the size of their HR department. That's a powerful resource. Maybe they have a quality assurance department that you don't have. Or maybe they have a research department that's in place uh, that can help with program design. You don't quite have that, but you have other components. So this is, this is beyond money. Money is going to be 
necessary, uh, but other resources are essential to this relationship as well. Next up, do they have uh, relationships that you want and need? Do they have relationships with funders that you want to need, other providers and partners, uh, other service-oriented organizations that provide a service to them that they already have in place that if you just partner with them, you don't have to pay for it. The partnership brings those resources to the table. So this is something to think about because when you're thinking about where uh, your gaps are and why you may pursue a collaborative, a collaborative partnership, when writing a proposal or writing a grant, it's because of these things that we're listing because you don't have it all, right? And some some cases, you may determine that it might not be in your best strategic interest to acquire these things or to gather that resource or to pursue that resource because the cost of acquisition, the cost of maintenance, the cost of re, uh, uh, re-upping that relationship may be way too costly. Maybe you only need that resource for it a few projects and it's just not worth the long-term investment. There are a bunch of reasons why you need to evaluate relationships that your potential partner has because it can solve some immediate and some short-term, uh, mid-term uh, problems that you have. The last thing you wanna think about when assessing if working with another organization will be a fit is what can you provide them? So this entire list was about what they can do for you. You have to think about what can you do for them? What gaps do you fill for them? How can your strengths help them do their job well? And how can your strengths partner with their strengths uh, to do more work? Do you have the funding and resources in place to advance the work that they don't have? Do you have relationships that they want and need that can be really powerful and useful to the relationship? So consider those things when you are assessing uh, what an, if an organization is a fit to work with. Now, we're talking about collaborating with proposal partners. The fourth component we want to address is to schedule a formal meeting to present a partnership. Now, this is after you've had an assessment of this organization where you've met them in person or you've done website research, 990 research, you've attended collaborative meetings and saw them in action. You've asked others about them. You've assessed uh, their fit for your organization, the gaps that they can fill and what they do well and their funding and resources that they can bring to the table and the relationships that they have. Um, now it's time to, to more formally approach them. You've already met with them and assuming that the conversation went well and they've, you know, given consent to saying, hey, let's kind of think about this further. Present the partnership to them. Present the framework of of the partnership. Right. So you want to uh, frame this out. Right. What is the nature of the relationship? Uh, what will be the equity on the projects? Uh, what will be the roles and responsibilities of every uh, every person, every organization involved? Right. These are the things you want to bring to the table, because now since you are uh, initiating this collaborative relationship, you want to bring all of that to the table. They may have their own framework as well. And so as you both bring your ideas of what the partnership could look like to the table, you present them and now you negotiate. And all of the details that are important to you and your organization and that are important to that or other organization will be discussed. It will be evaluated. You guys will determine 
how to come to terms with each other if that's what you guys desire. And this can be so, so powerful now to getting you closer to your broader goals, right? This is about how do you continue to sustain your organization and support your organization through procuring dollars through proposals and grants. Uh, many organizations approach grant writing and proposal writing as this is the thing we do. So we check the box. And if that's how you approach it, that's great. But the reality is there are so many components that go into successful fundraising and fundraising is happening all the time where you're looking for dollars, you're looking for partnerships and relationships. And one of the ways that I have seen uh, uh, that has been powerful and influential in fundraising grant writing has been these collaborative relationships where you have a formal relationship on the docs, agreements signed, and your partner who has insight into a different world, a different lens, different funding sources comes to you and says, hey, um, I found this funding source for something we've discussed. And I think we should pursue this together. And what's beautiful about those opportunities that pop up is that you have no purview into those sources. This goes back to what we talked about uh, when, when assessing these organizations to partner with. Who do they have a relationship with that you want or need? And in many cases, you're, you, don't, you may not know how to monitor that relationship or how to cultivate that relationship, not because of um, your inability to do it. It's just that it might not be for you, given the past of your organization, the current work of your organization. So this partner can present opportunities to you that that's transformational, that's impactful, that's, that's powerful. And when they present opportunities that they feel strongly about, and they are inviting you to pursue it together per your partnership agreement, the sky becomes the limit because you, you're already doing your work, researching opportunities for yourself and for the partnership. But now a third component is added where another organization is researching opportunities for the partnership as well. But here's the fourth. There are times where that same partner who you've become friendly with, who you've developed relationships with, has, will say to you, you know what? We were looking for something, and in our search, this came up. It's not like we were searching for it, but this opportunity came up. We read it thinking it was for us, but when we read it closely, we felt like, no, this is, this is for you. That's a fourth uh, pathway, a fourth uh, funnel of opportunity that is unexpected, but it happens all the time. As a entrepreneur, uh, I am always looking for opportunities to build and grow our business. And as I explore opportunities, uh, I will come across opportunities that are not for me. I, I think they're for me, but they're not for me, but I'll forward it to a friend of mine who's in business. Or in my search for something, uh, something crosses my eye and just the way it was worded, it makes me think of a friend who I am really friendly with and good with that I may say, you know what, let me just send this to him. I don't know if it's a fit fit, but this, this is something for them to evaluate and determine. This can be super powerful. And I hope that uh, you are connecting with this because those four pathways uh, can be powerful in generating sustainable revenue through proposals and grants. The last component of collaborating with proposal writers is to formalize the agreement that you guys have developed. 
And uh, this may be drawn up, you know, between two senior leaders of an organization or your legal representation. Uh, but it's just formalizing it. Some organizations use MOUs, so it's not binding. Others use formal contracts. It's up to you. It's your preference. Uh, but the goal, more importantly, is to have some sort of written agreement in place so that it can represent the relationship, the nature of it, and its future position. So we just talked about collaborating with proposal partners. There were five things we covered. Number one, you got to identify organizations that are in the same business as yours. Number two, conduct analysis of what they do well in this space. Number three, assess if working with other organizations will be a fit. Uh, number four, schedule a formal meeting to present the partnership. And number five, draft the agreement. I hope this is helpful. Visit us at drwilliampclark.com for more information about how to position your organization to pursue revenue, procure revenue through grants and proposals. Catch you guys next time. See you, everybody.